0: You're listening to episode 59 of Daughters on Fire with Robin Arab and Melissa Burton. In today's episode, Robin and I are starting a three-part series on time management tendencies and tips. So whether you're a caregiver who may identify with one of these tendencies and want to know your own strengths and weaknesses and how to work with them in caregiving, you also may be a caregiver in charge of a team and you might be able to learn something about navigating the tendencies of your team member to help give them the best jobs possible and to help encourage them to get the task done. So stay tuned as we dive into part one of our time management
1: series. Are you stressed, burned out, and looking for answers as you care for an aging parent?
0: If you are, this podcast is for you. Here you will receive actionable advice from seasoned professionals, validation and compassion for the incredibly tough job you are doing, and most importantly, supportive love from a community of like-minded warriors.
1: You're not alone. Join this powerful community as we support you on your complicated journey and help you transform into an empowered and calmer caregiver.
0: Hello and welcome back. I'm here. I'm Melissa Burton, and I'm here with Robin, and we are so excited. We have taken a couple weeks off because we've been working on new courses and tools in our Daughters on Fire Empowered Caregiving series, but we want to come back with some really good information around... Time management. Yes, time management. I was going to say we want to come back. We want to spend some time on time management, no pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) anyway um, because what we've discovered in the last few weeks is that that's a huge issue for any caregiver and it's time that we dive deep on this issue wouldn't you say Robin?
1: I think so and I think it's time to realize that there's all different types of time management and all different types of people who utilize it so we're going to break that out and talk about each group that we have identified and see if Through this series, you can't pick yourself out in one of our groups.
0: Yes, perfect. And so each, we're going to do three. Episodes, and in each one, we're going to focus on two people. And it's funny, as Robin and I were developing this, we saw ourselves very clearly in some of the identities that we discussed. And so today, it's going to be all about me (laughs) and (laughs) and my tendencies. And then we'll get to Robin's in the next episodes. But we're going to talk today about two types of individuals and how they may struggle with managing their time. And that would be the dilly dallyers and the procrastinators. So, Robin, take us into the world of the Dilly Dallier, which I would say I'm probably more procrastinator than Dilly procrastinator than Dilly Dallier, but you know, I won't get too caught up in that. So, Robin, talk to us about the dilly dallier.
1: <laughs> well, I think she dips her toe a little bit in each of them, but I, I do agree. So, first of all, we have to give a little shout out to our our good friend McKenna, who brought the the word dilly dallier to us. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so, the dilly dalliers, and and when we're talking about these things, we're not analyzing them as right and wrong. We we are accepting that this is what folks are where they are. And we're just helping you to identify that and then look at some of the strengths and give you some tools to move forward. So the dilly-dalliers are the ones that have lots and lots of ideas and they might get started here and then they start the project and they don't really finish it and they move on to the next one and and their mind just seems to be going constantly and the, the thoughts are this way, that way. They're pretty unfocused. And so they may or may not go back and finish those first projects, but these folks are much more laid back, which they don't get in a rush for deadlines. They don't really have to see a a project through to be satisfied. They pick things and they come and they go.
0: Yeah. Their interest is held just with whatever they're focusing on at the moment.
1: Absolutely. So, Not, uh, they keep busy because they're always coming up with something new Mm -hmm. and it may be not that they're not completing it. They may just realize as they go along that, well, that didn't really work out. That didn't go where I want it to go. So now I'm moving on. So they don't waste that time focusing on that.
0: And you know what? This sounds a lot like somebody who would describe themselves as, um, ADD or ADHD. Right. And I've heard someone recently describe that as they don't see the end, pro- like they don't see the end result when they start the project, like they don't see a pathway to the end. And that's one of the struggles when you have this attention deficit is that you see an idea, but you don't see how the idea can finalize and finish in your mind. So because you don't have that structure and that map, you don't really know where you're going. And that's So true. And, you know, like you said, they have so many ideas, they almost have this beautiful ability to not attach to their ideas, which can also be very freeing. Do you see like my cat's tail whipping around and like beating (laughs) me up here? Yes, my, my cat wants to be a part of the podcast today. So uh, hopefully... He has flight of ideas. Talk about like cats just moving on from one thing to the next, you know, wherever they want to (laughs) be, they're dilly-dalliers. But anyway, not being married to an end result is both a strength and a weakness of a dilly-dallier. But that can sometimes be a deficit when you're caregiving.
1: Right. And I think, especially if you you have the caregiving team going on and you have completed your task and your dilly-dallier has not completed the task it's frustrating to those around you. And I think that's one of the downfalls, but that's just something that we need to identify and work through. I remember when my brother would cut my mom's yard. He never had a set day. So whenever his day off it was, he would come, he'd show up, he would mow the yard. Now, he also would basically run with the lawnmower. Hmm. Now, he wasn't any more or any less effective, but it absolutely frustrated my mom that he waited till the last minute when the grass was so high. And then he did it in a way she didn't approve of. He still got all the lines. He still got it done, but he was running with the lawnmower, heaven Mm -hmm. forbid. Mm -hmm. So she became frustrated with that aspect because that's not who she is. And he was very laid back. He'd show up when he needed to. He did it on his time schedule And it worked for him. He got the task completed, didn't necessarily work for her, but he did follow through and he met the deadline, just not her deadline.
0: Yeah. So that reminds me a little bit of procrastinators too, where, and and, well, I'll digress a little bit. Let's talk about the fact that we are talking about the caregiver and also who the caregiver is working with. So if you find yourself the dilly dallyer, you might realize that you're, and you're working on a team, you might find that people are getting really frustrated with you. And it may be that it's not working well with the team dynamic. So how do you work in a different way so that you're not rubbing people the wrong way in how you're dealing with your time management? And the best thing I can think of is to stick with structure. But then there's also the people who may be working with dilly-dalliers on their team. How do you deal with dilly-dalliers? And I think that the key on both of those sides is clear communications and expectations about what you want done and then letting go of how it gets done, like you're saying with your brother.
1: Absolutely. If if,
0: if the agreement is, hey, I'm going to mow your lawn once a week. And then at the same time, that person who's mowing the lawn needs to have enough structure to make sure that they are getting it done the way they agreed to get it done. So he said he'd get the yard mowed once a week, Then he, and he did. Then everybody needs to be like, task accomplished. Sounds like your mom may have been more like some rule follower type person that we'll be dealing with in, a, in another episode.
1: Well, and what's interesting is, as I'm listening to you talk, and as I'm thinking about this, she really wasn't she was a huge dilly-dallier mm. so i maybe that just as those thoughts shifted as she was dependent on somebody mm-hmm. but i can remember having the exact conversation that you talked about with my mom saying hey he's getting it done
0: mm-hmm.
1: it doesn't matter it's done and so and i do think that tends to as we're we're going through this Especially for people who are receiving the care, I think that is a huge hangup of, they didn't do it the way I wanted to. And some of that is, I do believe as we age, we get more stuck in our ways and we want things done a certain way. And we tend to tell other people how to do it. Well, the dilly-dalliers and the procrastinators don't care.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're
1: going to do it their way and they have no guilt, no feeling around it. The task, as you said, is going to get done. But I think that's where a lot of disconnect comes in because the loved one wants it done and it wants it and they want it done this way. And they don't accept that it got done, just not in their time frame.
0: I think also that when you become, like you said, more dependent on others it gets really frustrating that you don't have control over how things get done anymore. So even if it's an internal struggle, it comes out as maybe over-critiquing somebody else because at the end of the day, it just reminds you, you can't do it for yourself. And you just are having to deal with the fact that you... You have to accept the help of others and they're going to show up and do it their way. And they have the ability to do it their way and you don't. And that's really painful, especially if it's not temporary. I think we've all been sick or maybe injured or like I can remember like when I had a broken like a foot or an arm during certain times in my life. And I really had to rely on others and it was just so frustrating, but I knew I was going to get better. To think about a time when I'm not going to get better and I and it's like a permanent reliance on somebody else is it could be where some of that frustration really comes out and it's just projected out. I don't like how you're doing this and I want you to do it differently. And it's really a grieving process. Robin, I can remember this goes way, way back to the second grade. I broke my right hand, my right wrist, and that's my writing hand. And so it was in a cast. So literally I had to, if I was writing, it was super messy. And it was also a time when I had to ask other people to like to help me with like my homework and stuff. And, and I don't know, I really don't know what the teacher was thinking. I loved my second grade teacher. It may not have been her grading it, but I got a, a, a one of my assignments back and it said, work on your handwriting. <laughs> I remember thinking, what? What in the world? That's not even mine. Because I think that one was not mine. You know, it's not like me in a cast trying to ride it It was somebody else doing it for me. But it it feels like that. It's like, what? Here I am. Like, I have no control over the situation and yet maybe you know maybe somebody might be judging her yard not looking like it used to but she didn't have anything to do with it just all sorts of stuff come into play with people's emotions so we should always keep that in mind as well
1: (laughs) situation (laughs) let's talk about the procrastinators melissa Yes. (laughs) Yes.
0: <laughs> so, so this is it. The, the procrastinators, and like you said, your brother may have felt may have fallen a little bit into th- this category as well. And there is some overlap for sure because this, like living in the world of ideas and, and thinking and being in your thinking mind um, is definitely, I think, a dilly-dallyer and a procrastinator. So, here, yes, I would say I'm a procrastinator. I would say I am deadline driven in school and, or, or anything that has a deadline, especially when it's like typing or writing something up or a presentation, I would wait until the last minute to get it done. And I think it's because my first ideas were never my best ideas. They were a seed that I needed to plant and I needed to let it grow. And so it would kind of, Start to percolate and the ideas would evolve. And I needed all of that time. I still do need all of that time before I want to get to the final project or the final product. So that is one reason why I always get, I think you know this, when it comes to a deadline, I don't miss deadlines, but I don't get things done really ahead of time either.
1: So we were talking before we started this, and I have another friend named Melissa and I've decided this is just Melissa's, that both my Melissa's have procrastination issues. And for me, because that's not me, I don't know anymore that it frustrates me. Maybe sometimes it does, but Melissa Melissa Burton will do a presentation and she won't start writing it till the week the presentations do. Now, four months ago, I've had mine done, but I'm going to tell you that Both Melissa's, the end result of whatever they do, because they do strive under stress and that pressure, the end result is always fabulous. I've never gotten a product from either of them that was less than fabulous. It's just not the way I work and it's not my understanding. But I think they do both put so much more thought into this is how I want to do it, this is what it's going to look like. And I'm going to get it all out tonight because I like a deadline and that's how I work.
0: And it's, it's a lot of people would think that you're not working if you're not do, work, like the, the project's not coming to fruition, but the thought process is working all the time. Like when I first get asked about presentations, that it's my formulation of the ideas start that moment and then they, come to like there's just so much going on in the mind and i would think that would be something that a procrastinator does is that there's so much more going on in the mind than it looks like to the outside world and so when we finally get to doing whatever we're working on we've we've thought a lot about it be- beforehand that's that's at least for me a lot of what's going on now how does this work or how does this show up for caregiving and how does it maybe frustrate people one i think it's a lot like the dilly dalliers you know if if the task is getting done then the people that are getting probably irritated by how it's getting done are not understand or not focusing on what's most important which is that the task is getting done now where it can cause stress for the procrastinator is and this is another thing sometimes you just aren't doing it because you're avoiding it because you don't want to do it or you don't think it's important to do it. And so if it still has to get done, then it's just this burden that sticks with you until it gets done. If there's not a deadline, then that's where a procrastinator can get in trouble because it's like just get it done already. Just give yourself a date, get it done already because you're just going to keep putting it off and putting off and putting it off. That would be where I would think in caregiving it would get in your could become problematic.
1: So, do you think that in a caregiving situation where we have a team and and let's call it siblings. So one sibling is the procrastinator and they've been given a task, let's say to contact the lawyer and get things filled out. And that person does not necessarily believe that mom is on the decline. They think mom is mom and she's the same and it's not anything that's happening. And they don't, they're not, Able to look and see that there might be an episode that that's part of it. Part of being in denial. Do you think that's part of? Um, I'm going to put this off. As you said, it may not happen. I may not need to do this. It doesn't need to be done. It's not important in the caregiving role. Do you think that's part of it?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yes. The, uh, so if you do if you do have a procrastinator on your team and they don't buy in to the idea that this task is important and needs to get done, and it doesn't have a deadline, good luck with that getting done. (laughs) Well, that was
1: my next question is, how do you you bring that around? How do you bring that person around to understand that this is something that is important, even if they don't think mom is on the decline?
0: Well, that's where you need to... If you are the delegator, you need to be asking, is this the best choice uh, for this person to do this task? And if the answer is still yes, you give them a deadline. You give them a deadline, get it done by this time. So, and, and even still, if it's an arbitrary deadline and it's an opinion, then you still may have them procrastinating if they don't buy into the idea that it is... It is a valuable use of their time. So I, there, there's this book called The Four Tendencies out there. And one, uh, it was about rule followers. Gretchen Rubin wrote this book. And it's very interesting. I don't know if it's super scientifically based, but it's a very interesting book. And it, it describes people as like rule followers, um, kind of the people pleasers, the rebel and the questioner. And the questioner was somebody who would follow the rules if the rules made sense to them.
1: Uh. I kind of see
0: that as the procrastinator. We will follow the rules if the rules make sense to us. So it's kind of like you pick and choose. And that is, that is definitely an area where I would think that, like, I personally relate to that, um, if I don't value it, then the rule is, or the deadline or the request may get pushed to the back burner. Or if I do value it and I need it to be good and I want to think about it, then I'm going to push the, the task all the way to the deadline, but it's going to get done. So as the procrastinator tendency, delegate if you are the delegator, make sure that you're you're letting other people take these tasks if if you don't, you know, if you don't think it's all that important. But now that I say that out loud, Robin, I'm like, it would never be on the the procrastinator's list. It'd be like, oh, that's not important. It would never even make it to the it must get done list.
1: <laughs> well, I think that what what I'm I'm thinking in my head as you're talking about this. Um, I'm going to use the example I I used of the financial papers and that might not have been a good example, but let's say looking at facilities. So your procrastinator doesn't think mom's ready for a facility, but you have tasked them with looking at three facilities and coming back with a report of sorts. So in that case, as the delegator, I think what you need to know because you already have identified this person on your team as that dilly dally or procrastinator is say that by April 1st, we want to know this because we're going to have a family meeting. So just know that you need to put some boundaries or some deadlines uh, and structure, deadlines and structure into place for this person, but then walk away from it. Yes. Because you know, they will get it done because they have that deadline or structure.
0: Well, and it also may be about, getting on the same page as your priorities with them. I mean, if they're on your team like siblings and right. they don't see that it's valuable, maybe there needs to be more conversations about why being proactive is valuable and more education around, we don't wanna be doing this in the middle of a crisis and, and if we get this information done by this time where it doesn't necessarily mean we're gonna move mom by April 1st or whatever. It just means... That we have really good information that that we can think about, so that we're not thinking about it in the middle mm-hmm. of a crisis.
1: And I agree that we need to prepare them for that. I'm just thinking, if you talk that way, the procrastinator is going to say, "Well, then I really don't need to have it by April 1st because mom's they're in denial that mom might need that."
0: And it's true. Like, okay, so if I'm thinking from a procrastinator standpoint, and and you were to appeal to my logic. And let's think about this. This is why it's valuable. And I was to get on board and say it's valuable. And yeah, okay, I'll get it done. Makes sense. Here's the deadline. Boom. But if I was to still be like, nope, I'm, I, I disagree with you, then you, you're never going to get the task done because I've become a denier and my procrastination is just going to keep making things very difficult on the team.
1: And I guess that's what I was thinking is that I don't think we're ever going to change their denial thoughts. But it is that conversation of, I understand that you're not on board with this, but as a family, we've agreed to check out these three facilities and it has to be done. So maybe it goes back to what you said earlier, the communication. So the communication is there. They may, April 1st is the deadline. It might be March 31st that they're visiting. That may frustrate me as the delegator, but it's none of my business. Mm -hmm. I've given the task. I've moved it on. Therefore, it's out of my basket. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a lot of respect. It's a lot of communication. And I do respect wise. I think it, it is the respect that everybody has a different process it's yeah. not our process it as long as it's getting done now if it's not getting done that's a different conversation but right. if you know to set those boundaries and to make it work then it's working may not right. be the way we want it to work but it works
0: <laughs> right right when things are getting done and it's working you've got structure and deadlines for the dilly dallyer and the procrastinator. Then it will work beautifully. If you find like you're saying that they're not getting the things done, then I think you really need to assess if you're delegating the right task to them.
1: Yes, I think that's that's terrific.
0: Because at the end of the day it could be that the procrastinator who doesn't buy into assisted living doesn't need to be going and checking out the assisted livings. They need to be doing the grocery shopping.
1: There you go. Right. And those deadlines are much more brutal right
0: <laughs> <laughs> right right. so so always having an open mind of how people are thinking in order to make things work and not getting stuck in the yeah if it's not if they're not the best fit find something for them that they do fit with very well
1: it's all about building your team
0: building the team and being mindful of personalities and time management So this is episode one, and our next two episodes will be follow-ups to this, where we will talk about people-pleasing, we'll talk about um, analysis paralysis, list makers, and... Bossy McBossy, <laughs> and all, all sorts of fun new ones. And remember, again, what Robin said at the beginning of the episode is that we are not saying it's right or wrong. We're saying that everybody has their own personal tendencies, and it's they're all valuable. How can we work together to make the best team possible? So that we will great. catch you all next time. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and ask that you subscribe to this podcast. If you find this podcast helpful, please leave a review so we can reach more women like you. You are not alone on your journey, and the Fire Tribe is here to support you. Check us out at daughtersonfire.com and our Facebook group for more support and resources. Until next time, remember, you are the fire that fuels the engine of life.